With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So it's uh, all for play for still? I think so. Do you want to bet against us? villains and welcome to for the love of paul mcgrath podcast and thank you so much for joining us tonight and i must say thank you to myself for joining tonight because i had to peel myself off a of bed today just there doing this podcast i ate something dodgy yesterday and believe me nobody wanted to be in my body today that's for 100 sure but uh see how comfortable i am in describing how i felt today with my wonderful guest today matt is for any of you who've watched the podcast before i think this is probably matt's hat trick hat trick appearance uh, on the podcast uh, our regular Spurs friend Matt from um from last word on Spurs Matt I'm delighted to have you and I'm sure you're going to be delighted to chat to me about Ange Ball oh absolutely and any opportunity I get to speak about the the man in our dugout I, I take with, with both hands but absolute pleasure to, to be back on chatting with you Neil and looking forward to, to a good conversation Look at us. Look at us. We're like that meme, that, that Paul Rudd meme going, look at us. Look at us. Look at the two of us. Spurs <laughs> Villa. Proud of our managers for once. Both of us. Look at us. Who'd have thought? That kind of thing. Um, because obviously I'm the same. I could wax lyrically about Unai Emery. And, you know, uh, if, if Jamie Carragher is to be believed, you know, with Stephen Kenny getting the boot in the Ireland job, Villa have to be worried that Ireland are going to rob Unai Emery because it's only a matter of time before Unai Emery leaves uh, Aston Villa. And I know there's a lot of water under the bridge since he said that, but it's always time. Like, it's always good to um to, to bring that up specifically in the in the sarcastic vein of, of uh irish football manager we're certainly not going to talk about that now because uh, i'll put myself in bad form if we do but um aston villa play against spurs at, at a top of the table clash or a, a top four clash you know at, at the moment villa kind of coming from nowhere spurs dictating the pace at the start of the season um and and mostly both teams down to their managers and and I must say Matt I I'm, I'm going to be completely transparent and honest with you uh, the transition from 
Scottish football to to English football, we've been there, we've seen it with Steven Gerrard. And let's just say it didn't go half as well as it did for you guys with Ange. And I was skeptical to a point, obviously, I could see what Ange did at Celtic and they were just a joy to watch. But I just wasn't sure it would happen so quickly, and it has. So kind of talk me through where you went, the kind of the, I suppose, the emotion graph, I suppose, from uh, Ange Postacoglu, who's the man who's going to come in. Because you guys were were linked with um, Jansen from AZ and, and um, oh, what was the other Dutch manager that you, was it Slot? Um, Slot, yeah. Slot as, as well from Feyenoord as well. Talk to me about that that emotional kind of graph that you guys went because it, it, like there was a lot of questioning and there was a lot of soul searching after the board made the choice to after Conte and then you know the summer looked a small bit uncertain. Yeah, look, there's one thing that Spurs um, do absolutely awfully every time they do it, and it's it's a managerial search. You know, there's it's it's always either end of the extreme with us because when we sacked Pochettino. Um, back in 2019 it was 11 hours later we appointed Jose Mourinho and then when he got sacked there was a long way for the next manager we didn't interim then Nuno gets sacked immediately Conte's in and then at the end of Conte there was two managers before we even got our new one we sacked an interim manager probably the the first Premier League team to to do that but the 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 whole summer the whole debacle the way through to to where we ended up with with Ange Postecoglou was um it was an absolute mess uh to, to be quite frank and not, not a lot of Tottenham fans expected, A, that we'd end up with a good manager, but especially not that we'd be in a position at this point of the season where we're thinking top four or top five, whatever it ends up being at the end of the season is is in our grasp. And I, I was excited. I'm always excited by a new manager coming in. I'm always excited by new players coming in like like you are, Neil. Um, and I started doing a lot of research into the managers that, that we were linked with. And there was Arna Slot, as you mentioned, Ruben Amarim uh, at Sporting yes. was another name that was there. And there was five, six, seven, eight names that were coming out. And Arna Slot was the last one that I bothered to look into because every single one fell apart. And the name after Slot was Ange Postacoglu. So he was the only manager we were linked with over the summer that I didn't have uh, a bit of a kind of basis of knowledge on, which, to be fair, has worked out kind of well for me because it's been exciting to kind of learn about the, the way he plays football and his philosophies, kind of watching it happen on the pitch for Spurs rather than watching Celtic games or Yokohama Marino games through through the the kind of lens of someone who's looking for positive things, if, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had the exact same concerns that you did. Um, and Gerard is kind of one of the, the, the examples that I used. Neil Lennon, who I wouldn't say was an awful manager in English football, but was certainly a lot more successful in Scotland than, than he was in England. And it's just not a transition that, that has been very easy. And I put up a, a tweet about that back when it happened and it found its way onto Celtic Twitter. And I had hundreds of Celtic fans screaming the name Sir Alex Ferguson at me. And I was saying, well, if you're going to have to go back 40 years to find a name that, that was successful, I think that kind of... That the kind name. Of, uh, it was successful. Exactly. You know, it, it kind of goes along with our point, but... Yeah, he, he's he's done everything perfectly since he came in. From the the way he dealt with the Harry Kane questions in in his first few press conferences, all the way through that, seeing him go the the way we've, we've recruited, the way we played our way through preseason and through a few difficult games this season, which I'm sure we'll touch on uh, in a little bit. Um, it's it's been absolutely fantastic from from the moment that he was appointed, and well, hopefully, hopefully, it lasts a long time. Yeah, and, and it's, it's it's funny as, as people who watch the podcast know. Paddy is a is a massive Celtic fan as well, so he would have known an awful lot about Ange, and he was gutted that Ange was 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 leaving Celtic because uh, obviously he'd only been there for a short period of time. But I remember, I remember, um, I remember when Ange was appointed for Celtic. It kind of came out of the blue, and the first thing everybody was jumping on, he didn't. In, and this is this is talk about his growth, his growth as a person, I suppose, as a as a within the media. Um, and how he deals with the media and stuff. There's an interview with him when he was, 
Australian <laughs> under 19 coach or something along those lines. He was he was coaching in Australia at the time. And he absolutely lifts the interview out of it. And it was on TV and he's mm-hmm. swearing and he's effing and he's blinding and everything like that. And then you fast forward to when he comes into Celtic, and in Celtic he's very humble and he's 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 yes, he's got the jibes. Look, no offense to any of our Australian listeners. I absolutely love how thorny Australians can be and it can be in interviews at times. I love it. I'm a, I'm like that as well. I love to get the cutting comment in first as well. If I'm speaking to somebody that I know is going to be argumentative with me, I like to get get low first, put it that way. And 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 you can you, you know, Ange can do that too. But since he's come into the to the English game, uh, that's that's what's been most, I suppose. I think that's what's kind of taken a lot of people aback. You know, he's playing the same style of football as he did at Celtic. But, you know, and I suppose it's early days and things are going well. And if things were to go off the rails, we would see how his demeanor might change. But he's just, he's an enjoyable listener. And he's getting lots of applauds for it. Do you, do you think that that's transferring itself onto the field with the players that you have? Um, and, and like, it looks like it's a happy family there is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think at this point of, of where we're at, everything is positive. So it's easy for the players to, to buy into what he's saying and to buy into to everything that he's really about as, as a football manager. Um, I think when when things start to go poorly, which it, it seems to have already started in terms of the results that we've had in the last couple of games, I think that's when that's when we'll really see exactly what Ange can make of the squad. And the game against Wolves was a little bit of an eye-opener because we had that game against Chelsea where you know we played that ridiculous high line with nine men, which, by the way, almost worked. Um, but in that Wolves game, we're 1-0 up, and as Wolves are kind of getting into the game and growing to become the better side in that game, we started slowly going back into our shell, which is the problem that we've had over the last three mm. or four years. But what, what, what gives me confidence in that is I have absolutely no doubt that Ange told them exactly what he felt about that, and that that just simply isn't the way that, that we're going to play football. I don't know if you saw, he did a, a thing with Rio Ferdinand uh, last week or the week before on TNT Sports, where they were looking yes. back at some of what we played in pre-season. And there was one moment that the Ferdinand picked out where I think it was Harry Kane was the only person pressing. And Ange said that's actually the exact clip that he used in um, in his halftime analysis uh, with the players in that game. I was just saying, just bluntly put it, this is not acceptable. This is not who we are. And he made the point that we were playing the situation rather than the game. So the situation mm-hmm. was that we were 1-0 up with two minutes to go to halftime, where we needed to play our football no matter what the situation is. And that's something that will take a while to, to find its way into a team that is used to... Antonio Conte and Jose Mourinho and a little sprinkling of Nuno Espirito Santo in the middle there. Mm. It's going to take a while for that to happen. But what's really helping with it and what's allowing Ange to to kind of transform the squad a lot quicker than people would have thought is how exceptional our, our recruitment has been. Mickey van de Ven, there's, I don't think there's a centre-back in world just... football that was a better choice <laughs> I was just about uh, to ask you about it because if any mm-hmm. of you guys follow, follow Matt's Twitter, Matt, Mickey van de Ven, put it this way, Matt would Give me his house for free. He'd uh, like yeah, pay him to take it. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. He's going to start to start a podcast called "For the Love of Mickey Van Der Ven." <laughs> oh, I'm going to write that down. <laughs> That's a good one. He, oh, he, he's, he's just. There was there's concern when you when he, he's incredible. There's concern when you bring in a centre back from, uh, from from another league. You know, he's coming in. It's not a game that he's used to playing. It's not as the Bundesliga isn't as physical a lot of the time as the Premier League. You don't, you're not coming up against your Chris Woods and your your Joe Lintons and, and things like that. Um, but he's come in and it looks like he's been playing for Spurs for ten or fifteen years. It looks like he's been playing for Ange for that long. You know, every single attribute in his game is exactly what we need in this team. And I'm, look, I, I'm definitely looking at this through kind of white tinted glasses, but I, I don't see a flaw in his game. 
you know, he's, his pace is absolutely electric. He's the He recorded the quickest speed of any player in the Bundesliga last season. He's six foot four, I think, so he's incredible in the air. Um, he's really good in possession. His, you know, his kind of defensive timing, his tackling, his intercepting is absolutely phenomenal. And if, if that is the the kind of benchmark of the, the recruitment that we're going to have under Ange Postacogli, that's before we even get on to James Madison. I, I think there's there, there's a special team there behind the scenes with a few new faces, um, which I don't know if we're going to mention or not. Um, but there's a very, very special team there that, that I'm hoping can build an even more special team on the pitch. Yeah, you mentioned a few faces that uh, you didn't just go shopping for players. You you kind of went uh, chatting up other people's birds in that kind of sense. You know, <laughs> you you took uh, <laughs> you took um, you took Frederick Leith, and you obviously took um, uh, Johan Lange as well from Aston Villa, and they're going to head up your recruitment department, which I'm going to say is a smart move, um, specifically because I think that Ange is analytical in the way that he looks at things. You need to be to be able to find a player that will match um, British style football, bring them from. And majority of his players did come from Asia, the, the Asian continent, specifically Japan, and so on and so forth. And he's looked at like, like, yes, look, anybody could know that James Madison would come into a team and offer something to their team, but you still have to have the nose to be able to sign him and play him and, and know what he does well. That comes from recruitment. That comes from statistical analysis and so on as mm-hmm. well. But James Madison, and, and look, I, I know there's another thing in the room here with the two players we're going to talk about, and we're probably going to talk about another one as well in um, in 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 Christian Christian Romero and probably Yves Basuma. They're all going to be out for you though again at the, at the weekend, mm-hmm. and we're bigging them up and we're talking about them. So you know, just with a caveat that I feel that that's this game is coming. You know, Spurs will earn their win at the weekend, and they very well may win. But James Madison is going to be out, and he's really made you guys tick since he's since he's signed. Yeah, I, I know I said it about Van de Ven, but Madison, he also looks like he's been in this team for for so long. Um, I, I think everyone knew Madison was an absolutely outstanding footballer, and I, I'm one of many who was confused about why he, he was at Leicester for so long and why there weren't bigger teams coming in and, and paying the money that it took. It cost us £40 million to to get him in, but he, he, he has an ability that, that you just can't teach. He, he just always knows where everyone around him is, where every single one of his teammates is. He always knows where the best pass is. And that that game against Chelsea, which I know we lost 4-1, but the goal that we scored comes from a, a pass that, to be honest, Madison makes look easy. But he's he's out on the left-hand side. He's one pass that completely eliminates the Chelsea back three, or the Chelsea midfield three, and isolates Kulusevski against the left-back over on the far side, and we end up scoring from it. Uh, he had a pass against Liverpool where there's this tiny little gap in between the, the centre-back and the right-back. He, he puts it through there where Charleston's in and, and squares it to Son. That that sort of ability you can't teach, and that's something that we're, we're really going to miss. And there's an arg- argument in the Tottenham fan base now over who who can actually step in and not fill that role, because no one's going to fill that role, but do a different type of job. And there, Lo Celso is a name that's, that's being mentioned, which, of course, someone who's very familiar to, to Unai Emery. Um, the problem is, as good as he's been for Argentina, as good as he was at Villarreal um, when he was on loan there, he's never done it for Tottenham. And but then we, we don't have another creative player who can go in there. The only other argument is Rodrigo Bentancourt, who made his first start for Uruguay since he got injured in January. But he he's not that he's more of a an eight than that kind of creative spark in there. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a massive gap that we know we're not going, going to be able to fill. It's just finding what other pieces of the puzzle we can put together to just minimize what we're missing from from not having Madison in there. And and he's creative. Um, Spark is going to be missing because obviously, you know, while 
Son Heung-min can can make goals on his own. You know, he does like he can be a creator. He can also be provide, or he can also be a provider. But he can also be somebody who needs needs uh, chances created for him. I think they've worked well together. You know, he's he's you could see it. He worked well with Kane. He formed a partnership with Madison. So Madison being out is Son carrying a knock as well. I saw he came off for South Korea. Or is everything all, all okay with him? Yeah, no, Son's been carrying the knock for about two years, to be honest. Um, <laughs> he he played their, their first game in the international break last week and he was bruised and battered and he ended up limping off and then played the full 90 minutes for them uh, the other day mm. as well. It's it's not often the Tottenham fans have something bad to say about Jurgen Klinsmann, but we're absolutely furious with him that Son plays 180 minutes every international break for no reason. It's friendlies. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Friendlies, exactly. Yeah, and Son reminds me of when Jack Grealish was with us as well. Like, Jack Grealish would come off battered and you'd be going like, oh, he's definitely out for a week or two weeks. And then there came a time when he was. And we were like going, oh, crap, Jack is actually injured this time, you know. So um, so I, I was I asked the question because you do always see Son kind of hobbling uh, at, at times and then uh, bangs in in the top corner. So I wasn't sure whether he actually was injured or not. Now, saying all that and obviously talking about, about those players that are missing, we didn't even get on to the two people who were suspended and Eves Basumo, I think, is going to be it's going to be a bit of an issue as well, him being there because he's been reborn under Ange and obviously Christian Romero, who I hope you won't mind me saying, must be up there. Like, he's Julian Dix from, from uh, Argentina. Like, how, how filthy he can be at times. But they're all going to be missing. And who's going to replace them, in your view? Are we going to look at Eric Dyer and... Ben Davis as a centre half partnership? You absolutely 100% are. Um, and they're, they're going to play the high line. Um, and I'm terrified. Uh, it's it, it's it's going to be a complete makeshift team. It was Dyer and Davis who started against Wolves. And look, they're, they're, they're a centre back partnership who have a lot of experience. I've played a lot of football mm-hmm. matches for Tottenham Hotspur. But they're they're both past their best, whatever whatever their best was. Um, and and they don't have the pace to to play in a high line. And a, a Bailey or a Watkins is. 100% going to um, going to take advantage of that. In the midfield, I, I, I can't see past Sarah Bentoncourt and Hoybier, which is is a much flatter midfield three to what we played for the majority of the season, but it is kind of in line with the the, the way we shaped up against Wolves and it was Hoybier, Basuma and Sarah. So I think you're just swapping Basuma for Bentoncourt there, who's going to be the, the kind of progressor in midfield. Mm-hmm. But as much as we're going to be lacking a bit going forward because we're not going to have that 10, we're not going to have that creative player, we do need someone or two people to protect that back line because Udagi, by the way, as well, he has a knock. We don't know if he's yeah. going to be fit. He could also be missing. If that is the case, we're going to end up with Paro at right back and Emerson at left back, who's not a left back. Um, so it that, that, that back four could be anything. And it's, it's something that I'm, I'm really scared you will, you will be able to exploit. But I, I, for me, and I think it's, 
the way Tottenham fans watched that game against Chelsea is very different to the way opposition fans watched it. And from from a kind of neutral perspective, you're looking at Tottenham two men down, uh, drawing one all at home to one of their rivals, and they're playing this ridiculous high line, asking for trouble with the the pace that Chelsea had there. But for Spurs, what we're looking at is a team that's been lacking identity for for four years, a team that hasn't played football the way every single Tottenham fan wants football to be played. And we finally have a manager who's coming in and saying, well, no matter what, this is how we're going to play. We're going to play a high line. We're going to press from the front. We're going to keep possession. We're going to, or our philosophy remains the same no matter what the situation in front of mm. us is. And we know short term that's going to cost us results. I mean, if, if we park the bus against Chelsea with how they can create very much, we could have got a point there. But I think the, the long-term effect of what that says, not only to the fans, but to the players especially, that this is, we are unwavering in what we want to do. Um, th- that's fantastic. I just think it will get three points for Villa on Sunday. Well, I, I, I hope so. I hope like because it's 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 tight at the top, and Jesus, as I say, like it's it seems a bit like it seems a bit silly saying that as an Aston Villa fan, but it's really tight at the top. And like, you know, we went into the international break and we started went to ourselves. We dropped points against Forest, like that's very unvilla like, and it was we dropped those points. If we didn't. We'd be top of the league, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that situation. That, that's that's a pinch yourself moment. But Villa have obviously had a favourable run uh, of form. That's that, that's not a negative at all. You need to beat those teams. Villa haven't in the past, and that's why we've we've struggled, and that's why we got relegated uh, not so long ago. But now, like you guys, we have a very defined structure. There's an identity there, and I, I and I wince when I say that because I feel it's just an e- it's an easy. Um, it's almost like a, a slur to say to a, a, about a team, say, oh, they have no identity. And then when a team is playing well, it's just very easy to say, oh, they've got identity. We've got a very good manager, is what we have, who makes changes in-game in like you guys do. Do you think that Ange is going to be, is, is going to be tempted to go with three at the back, actually? Um, do you think he might go with maybe a Ben Davis, um, uh, Emerson Royale, either side of, of Dyer, and then go with three at the back and maybe kind of circumnavigate that that way. And then that would allow you guys to play the high line with having the pace of, of Royal, Royal and, um, and and Davies there beside Dyer. Look, I'm sure it's something he's 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 thinking about. Um, my, my only fear with that would be is there, there's so many like tactical intricacies in, in every part of Ange Postecoglou's yeah. game, in, in the triggers that we press with, in yeah. just the most basic who occupies this 5% of the pitch when the ball is here. I don't know if he's had enough time with this team to to have kind of perf- not perfected, but to be so comfortable in, in one system where they're already ready to play another system. If that makes sense, I think he's he's going to try keep it as simple as possible and say this is the way we're playing until we get it perfect. And you know, there, there's that age old debate of the best managers are they the ones who can play their game and beat anyone, or are they the ones who mm-hmm. can adapt their game to beat anyone? Um, I from from what I do know about Ange. I, I think he's more the, the the former where he'll he'll play his game and he look he'll obviously he'll obviously tweak it in whatever way he needs to 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 account for the opposition. But I, I personally can't see him straying away from any variation of the four three three. Yeah, it would be it would be a surprise, but it wouldn't it would blow me off my seat, I suppose, if that went because sometimes needs must in in an injury crisis and a suspension crisis like you guys mm-hmm. are going through. And and obviously Villa have had their injuries. It's 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 been a it's been a, it's a funny one. I can turn I can I can say both things and both things can be true about Aston Villa. I can say Villa have been incredibly have had an incredibly stable eleven this season. And I can always say I can also say four of Villa's starters have been injured for the majority of the season. You know, and, and it's it, both things are true. 
And I suppose that's why I went on my little bit of a soliloquy about managers there a moment ago, because obviously the, the, the spirit leader of our team, Tyrone Mings, um, much, much derided by other fans, but, you know, like every team has one of those players that means more to their fans than other fans will will, will appreciate him. Jacob Ramsey's been out for the majority of the year. Alex Moreno is out, albeit he's back and probably will feature at the weekend. Buendia and, you know, Diego Carlos has been in and out of the team being injured as well. So, you know, we've had injuries to a lot of players players like that. And, and when you mentioned there that, you know, not straying from a, a specific formation or from a specific tactical setup, I think Emery is 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 like that as well, and and it's very easy to like. It's funny because it depends. Once again, I'll go back to it. If results are going your way, you're lauded for trusting the process. If results aren't going your way, you're called stubborn. You know, and it's just very easy. And that's why I always uh, I always resort to to the whole. Some well, I do it most of the time. Sit back and think about what's going on. And there is a there is a reason why people do things. It's not because managers are lazy, albeit. You know, Mr. Gerard was here previously um, at times. And uh, but how do you see Aston Villa? Um, I suppose through the through the lens of being a Spurs fan, you know, um, it's I think we're a curious kind of conundrum for a lot of lot of uh, other the supporters of other teams because they realize it and they go, Jesus, Villa aren't half bad. You know, all of it, it's that kind of a. I just I didn't know they were that good kind of a kind of a situation that, that we tend to yeah. find ourselves uh, in. Um, but how, how do you see Villa and, and, and how do you see their progression under Rune Emery? Well, I, I can pinpoint exactly that moment that I had where I was like, oh, th- 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 this is a serious team. Was it was it West Ham that you beat four, I want to yeah. say four one at Villa Park, uh, maybe a month, month and a half ago. Um I, I, I watched that that game. I think it's probably the only time I've watched Villa for, for 90 minutes this season, and I was I was blown away. By and look, I, I know having kind of looked at the reaction to that, it, it might not have been the, the best that you played this season, but the the way that you carved through that West Ham defense at times, the the kind of quick intricate play in and around the the penalty area, the, the pace he had at times on, on the counter attack, you're you're not a one dimensional team that has just been able to play this one way and and, and win a lot of games this season. You've, you've a lot of different things in um in your basket and different ways that you can you can approach the game. Um, and I saw someone put in the comments at the start, kind of, do I see as as rivals for this season? For top four, 100%. 100%. I mean, I, I'm, I'm still not convinced that Tottenham are one of the favourites for top, top four slash top five, as people say, because, mm. again, who knows how we're going to react to these injuries. But for the, for this season that is ahead, it's a bit more difficult when you get to the medium term and long term. So you question, I don't want to be a Jamie Carragher, but is Una Emery going to be there for long? Are there certain players that are going to be there for long? And I, I know how it feels hearing that said about your clubs mm. and a Spurs fan. It's, it's every day for us. But in, in the short term, in the season that is right in front of us, Aston Villa are 100% in the mix. And it's not just because of, of, of how good you are. It's also looking at Chelsea are, are so inconsistent. I think the, the, there's a turn coming for them, but they're already, what, 10, 12 points behind. You've Manchester United, who who can't stitch two results together. Um, and again, that potential extra Champions League space. For me, Villa are, are absolutely in, in the hunt for, for Champions League football this season. And to be honest, I'm not only saying this because I'm on a Villa podcast. I don't think anyone can begrudge them that because their their recruitment is fantastic. They have a, a very likable manager, a, a very likable squad. Um, Ollie Watkins is one of my, my favourite players to watch. Um, I, no, I know it can be frustrating at times, but but he, he's such a good player. And, and Douglas Louise as well. Let's, let's just mention that. I, I, I take him with Spurs in a heartbeat. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I think Villa are they're, they're just a proper team, a proper team that, that that's going to give it a good go this season and, and deserves whatever they get. 
You're making friends there, Mac, bringing up Douglas <laughs> Louise. You're making friends on this oh, podcast for sure. He's, right been, he's, been, he's been out of this world this season. And, and like he and for me, I'm the conductor of and have been since the day he signed from Brentford. I'm the conductor of the Ali Watkins fan bus um, for sure. Um, Paddy sometimes not so much, but that's OK. We like Paddy. We like Paddy for that point of view. Um, <laughs> and if he's watching this, he's probably going, I always love him. I always love him. But uh, he get, we can get his back at some stage uh, on me um, later on. But uh, yeah, look, listen, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this game. Um, I really am looking forward to it. It's, uh, as I say, it's, uh, it's, too, it's <laughs> once again, I say it, it's fourth and fifth in the league, battling it out against each other at 2 p.m. on a Sunday. You know, what could, what, what could possibly go wrong uh, in, a, in, in a game like that? Our away form has been absolutely rotten. Well, I won't say it's been rotten, but it's been patchered in our home form. Like we've we've sterling home form, absolutely brilliant at the moment. Long may it continue. We need a good away win. Like you mentioned, the West Ham. You mentioned Brighton. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This episode is made possible by PWC. When unprecedented times are all the time, it's time to start walking the talk. Leaders like you turn to PWC to see and stay ahead. Upskill your workforce. Use intelligent automation and transform big ideas into breakthrough outcomes. Explore the human-led, tech-powered solutions that help you thrive. It's all part of the new equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. You know, we need we need a signature game away from home, I think. Um, and I'm crossing fingers and toes that it's going to be this weekend. With the amount of injuries you guys have at the, at the moment, and with the stability that Aston Villa are coming in for, um, Jesus, our goalkeeper was even in the stands box and Brazilian gar- Brazilian policeman last night, so uh, you know it, there's a bit of fight in our squad for that point of view. But uh, I'm expecting I'm expecting fireworks in the field from the point of view. I'm expecting goals at the weekend. I'm expecting I'm expecting this to be high scoring. I think I'm, I'm not going to go with an actual prediction, but it wouldn't surprise me if it was a three two either way um, in this game because I think it's been called the Highline Derby. Um, Villa have been much derided for it I think in, in, unfairly so being derided for the high line considering when you look at how many offsides we've been successful in catching teams even since Unai Emery came in we're miles ahead of, of uh, anyone in England and I think we're top with Las Palmas and Las Palmas have three games I think played more than us so it's a, it's a, it's a definite tactic but I think there's going to be goals in this one uh, I think there's going to be goals in this one and uh, it'll be a great one for the neutrals I think for sure absolute sure Matt, thank you so much for popping on the podcast. Oh, actually, Matt, I meant to say congratulations as well in the Football Creator Awards. Last word on Spurs came second. Second, yeah. Best Premier League podcast. We'll take it. Second and best Premier Yeah, look, in fairness, to be honest with you, like, they, they lost our entry somehow. So, like, you know, it's... Uh, oh. It's quite a shame. I like. I. I. I got to blame it on the North Koreans. The North Koreans <laughs> fixed it. That's what it was. They fixed it. <laughs> I'll take that. We, we were saying that, that Liverpool had fixed it because it was at Anfield. Uh, Anfield ref yeah. that won at, at Anfield. Now, look, no conspiracy theories here. Um, oh, there's a man in there's there, there's a there's a man in the chat that won't like that, Matt. Old Dara won't like that one at all. He'll have words right. with you on that one tomorrow. I think. Yeah. Um, we can deal with it. <laughs> 
<laughs> but the Anfield, the Anfield rap, yeah, I've I've been on their podcast a couple of times as well. You know, the amount of content, the content they put out is absolutely fantastic. Oh, and, they're they're uh, machines. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so some someday, 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 myself and Patty might meet you over there for it. Although you didn't go this year, did you? You didn't get to go over. No, I I, I did go this year. So I was I was down there myself sure. a couple of years ago, and I didn't go, but I, I did manage yeah. to. I wasn't missing out on that again. Yeah, <laughs> now now the comments make sense. <laughs> now the comments make sense. That's it. Excellent. Well, listen, Matt. Thanks, William, for popping on the podcast. As I say, I wish you guys well for the season, just not for the for the weekend coming up. Um, as as I say, I think it's going to be a really really good game of football. I think it's one that um that that I think it's going to be probably one of the, like there's going to be sparks in it as I said before, and I think mm-hmm. anybody who's the chance to go there. Um, did I see somebody in the in the comments say that they were were going to the going to it? Um, I don't know. Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. Maybe I dreamt it. As I said, I've been having. I've, I've had a fever for most of the day. So um, hallucination. I don't even know if this has gone live. I could be hallucinating this whole podcast. It's it's one of those I'm not ones. Even, I don't know who you're talking. Not, to. Matt's not even here. It's like Wayne's World. You know, Matt's just going to do that thing out of Wayne's World and it just disappear. A, a couple of comments there as well. I know. I meant. I meant to address it at the very start about. Um, First of all, guys, thank you very much for standing up for me and my lovely beard. Can't believe that Bardell and his podcast saying uh, that he couldn't think of any other good Villa beards outside of Miller Yednack. Like, oh. you think you know someone, and then all of a shot. <laughs> <laughs> Stab you in the batch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only joking, Dan, if you're watching. Uh, Richard Edwards asked about the woolly hat. Yes, I put this on because, I'll be honest with you, my hair is not the, not the most... Uh, not the most sightly at the moment. Um, we have some hats in, a limited number of hats in as well. Um, I'll post it up on Twitter, but if you go to our website, forthelovepomegranate.com, you'll see that there's hats for sale. There's actually these ones. And we got more of the bucket hats in that's all like hotcakes at, uh, at our live podcast um, as well there in. And I know it's, and unless anybody's going spending spending the summer in or spending the, the Christmas on uh, Bondi, uh, you may not want these ones, you may want these ones, but look, they're both here, there, if anybody wants them for one of their loved ones for Christmas, uh, pop in an order and I'll throw them straight in the um, in the post the day after you order. So thanks so much, everybody, for all the support you give us. Thanks so much, Matt, for jumping on as well. Oh, Chad says he loves the bobble hat as well. Dennis was asking if my heating was turned off. <laughs> no, my heating isn't turned off. My central heating in my, in my body at the moment is actually on overdrive at the minute. So um, the hat was a bad choice, but I had no other choice. Uh, I had no other choice when I put it on as well. But uh, again, thanks a million, Matt, for popping on. And um, best of luck with everything with the last word on Spurs. And I uh, hope you win the title next year. Um, but um, as I say, for uh, for Sunday, uh, Aston Villa all the way against Spurs in, in the Spurs stadium. Hey, look, I'll, I'll allow you to say that, but it's been a pleasure. Pleasure, <laughs> excellent stuff, Matt. Thank you as always, and to everybody out there, thanks a million for everything. I'm going to be back again tomorrow with Sir Patrick, he's going to give us his view on this game at the weekend. So, we'll be doing a, a preview. I know I don't normally do opposition uh previews, but Matt's a great mate of the podcast. And, and, and look, if you ever if you ever want to listen to his Matt's transfer stuff, if you guys think that I'm mental about transfer stuff. <laughs> Matt Hayes in the day was absolutely like you know, he was like Jim White and and <laughs> and Crystal Met, you know, he was just absolutely all over transfers for Spurs. So, uh, yeah, so he's coming into his happy season as well. Um, so thanks a million, uh, a million, Matt, for that. And thanks a million to everybody for joining us tonight. Back again with Paddy is again tomorrow, as I say. And uh, then we will be here with a team sheet tantrum and a post match on Sunday as well. In the meantime, everybody, stay safe, stay safe, stay healthy. And all that's left to say is up the villa.
Social Podcast Network. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.